Welcome to another edition of the Roar of the Lions UK podcast, episode 226. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, we're still for real. My name's Matthew Turner, alongside Ryan McCluskey and Ashley Soden. How you doing, boys? Been better. Been better, but haven't we all at this point? I'm, I'm, I was shocked. I'm, I'm in a state of shock. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. I think both of you are representing how a lot of the fans feel right now. I am unconcerned, but we'll get onto it a little bit later. We are, of course, reviewing Lions at Ravens, but we're going to start off, as we always do, just to talk about ourselves for a little bit. Uh, and first of which is our Discord channel. And if you need a support group, we've got a lovely group of people on Discord. Link's in the live chat right now. Come and say hello. It's a really good place to be. College Football Podcast, Ryan, will be coming later on this week. And, I mean, it just never fails to disappoint, does it, college football? This weekend's had another really good run of games. Uh, it did, yeah. Uh, I'm upset because our hype train derailed. We've been pushing a narrative all year and it fell flat on its face. And a certain team made us look like total twats, to be honest. So... There's and yet the other team didn't make football. themselves look good either. Uh, yeah, yeah. frustrated. And I mean, of course, there was, uh, as Ant would say, another fraudulent team being fraudulent, and, and perhaps the Heisman Trophy may not be going to USC this year either. Good chance it won't be now. Like Sir Caleb was it just not good, not bad, a non-factor. And that's what Heisman's can't be a non-factor. So there we go. Do listen to that later on in the week. Don't forget to like the show, sub to the podcast, rate and review and all that good stuff. And don't forget to add Lions Nation Unite on their Facebook group, Lions Nation, uh, facebook.com slash Lions Nation Unite. It's Herman Moore's project to bring the best in Lions content creators together. We are, of course, Twitch affiliated, YouTube monetized, and we have a tip jar in the YouTube description down below. If you enjoy what you're listening to, then any sort of uh, donations of that kind, much, much appreciated to support the show. There's also a feedback form in the YouTube description down below too, if you've got any thoughts on the show. And we have launched our merch store as well. And we've had some really good feedback from the people that have bought some so far, and we've got some nice pieces ourselves too comfortable to wear if it's clothing or there's some pin badges and water bottles and really nice hoodies too and i mean i think i've actually underpriced the hoodies a little bit at 35 pounds which i guess is something like 45 dollars plus plus shipping so i think that's a, a really good price so anyway the link for that is also in the live chat do check it out and you're, you're helping us out as well right boys some news to start off with and mo ibrahim was signed to the practice squad and was it his first rep yeah <laughs> it was his first rep. rep gets injured in a kick return it didn't look any like anything just kind of 
someone landed on him a little bit, but not with any sort of real force. And he just didn't get up again. Uh, he went in for immediate surgery for um, an undisclosed injury, but it could be a dislocated hip. Uh, Dan said, quote, sounds like he'll be OK. He's tough, but I hate that for him. Khalif also had a hamstring issue during the game, but Dan confirmed that these were just cramps and nothing serious. So that's at least positive for a, a big contributor on this offense. Boys, you got a feel for Mo Ibrahim, right? I mean, Ash, you were saying just before the show started, that could be a career. Yeah, oh, Dan's playing it down, yeah. I think Mo will consider retiring, potentially. Torn ACL, he's buggered his other knee in his last senior year, like I say, missed playing time with that. And now a potential, I'm going to guess, cracked pelvis, dislocated hip. That means plates, that means screws. Yeah, we'll be lucky if we see Mohamed Ibrahim again as a lion. Uh, just so unfortunate. Like you say, his body has taken a pounding and he has barely ever seen the field as a pro. So I hope he makes a speed recovery. But I do think he should potentially consider putting his body first because that's it's a very significant injury coming off more than one before that. But yeah, fingers crossed for him. I just... Just the running back room, like it's in tatters. It just it just really hurts right now. We're in a rough spot. Yeah, completely. I said it yesterday as well. And obviously, right, you know, as you've pointed out, the injuries he's had. That's what happens when he's been a workhorse for has basically been the only good offensive player for a Big Ten team, Minnesota, for four for like five years. He's just got worn down and just shows I know we should I don't fully buy into the whole like, oh yeah. Don't draft running backs high when they've been had all these carries and that, but he's just showing the body can only take so much for a toll. And if he's getting dislocated hip on like that, I know I've seen like slow mo most uh, videos and that with all the Twitter doctors, and you can kind of see something happening. But the poor guy, like, yeah, should you put his body first at this point? Obviously, graduating from college, he's hopefully got like a real estate degree or something he can fall back on, do a business because. It unfortunately, is it's not happened for him through pros. And that's the sad thing because if when he's healthy and he's up to speed, he's an absolute bolt, like an absolute wrecking, uh, wrecking like machine. Could just bowl through people, but just can't. Be, just couldn't stay healthy. Got injured in training camp. We waved him with an injury settlement. Comes back when we need him, and he literally on his first touch in the game when he's returning a kick, which he shouldn't be doing anyway. That's usually like Khalif or Khalil's thing. He goes short, he gets it as the upper man. He's running, yeah, just has a serious injury. Sucks for him. I believe he can come back, but it might be 12, 15, 18 months. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what's wrong with him. So we still obviously need to be revealed, but it doesn't look good. Uh, prayers up for, for Mo. Uh, right, let's get on to the game swiftly. <laughs> uh, the Lions come out 38-6 to six losers, unfortunately. Looking at the box score... Jared Goff, I mean, as most I've seen him throw in a game for a long, long time. 33 completions on 53 attempts, 284 yards and an interception. No touchdowns for him. Uh, on the other hand, Lamar Jackson, super efficient passing performance. 21 of 27, 357 and three touchdowns. Rushing the ball. Gibbs did have himself a pretty good day. 11 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. On Baltimore's side, they were led by Gus Edwards. Four carries for 64 yards and a touchdown, but of course Lamar also had nine carries for 36 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Receiving, 
Uh, led by Aaron Rasson Brown uh, for both teams, 13 receptions on 19 targets for 102 yards. Jameer Gibbs was second, 9 on 10 for 58 yards. Sam Laporta also had a good day, 6 on 7 for 52. For Baltimore, they were led by a guy who had one target, one catch, Gus Edwards, 80 yards. Uh, otherwise, a Flowers had four of six of 75. Mark Andrews had four of six of 63 and two tutties. Odell Beckham had five catches for 49 yards. Rashad Bateman had two for 36. Patrick Ricard, two for 31. Aglaw had one for 12 for a touchdown. They really spread the ball out. Uh, otherwise, Goff had two fumbles, one of which he, uh, we recovered both, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And Lamar had one which he lost to Aiden on defense. Tackling led by Kirby Joseph, 10 tackles for him. We had two tackles for a loss, one by Bugs, one by Branch. Baltimore were led by Arthur Morlet. He had eight, as well as Rykon Smith, who had eight. The Ravens had five sacks on the day, one by Mollet, two by Van Noy, one by Matt Dubuique, and one by Odafe Owe. Uh, they did not have any additional tackles for a loss. Uh, otherwise, there was an interception by Geno Stone. And, I mean, Jack Fox had a good day, I guess. But otherwise, Justin Tucker went at 6-6 six six on his kicks. I mean, we didn't even have a field goal or a, a PAT attempt, which is just, that sums it up, really, doesn't it? Boys, high-level takes before we look into the plays a little bit more. Uh, Ryan, I'll come to you, because me and Ash have had a lot of say on this over the last 24 hours. It started badly and got worse before showing at, at least something, because... I think we had only nine offensive plays and we were 20, 21 nil down. It was rough. It was garbage. So what was it at the half? 255 yards to six? That's it. None of that rushing came in the first half whatsoever. Nothing Gibbs did came in the first half. That was one of the worst halves of football I've seen in many a year. It It was rough. Uh, there was some standout bad performances. Jack Campbell, he is not ready to have 90% snaps on a defence. He was dreadful. In coverage, an absolute liability. Like you say, he had a fullback that he looked like he struggled to cover at times. And Pat Ricard's just a big fucking blob. Not even that athletic. And he made us look stupid. And yeah, like, I don't like to say nothing went right. Like you say, everything we did that looked okay was just utter garbage time. Like I say, they just they were just late. They were just tired of letting Gibbs through. Like I say, a few cheap toss out the backfield and they were just like, sure, get 10, 15, 20 yards. The stat line looked good and it was probably his biggest body of work, but it really had absolutely no bearing on the day, which is sad. But yeah, offensive line, it was bad. Like I say, to say that's us nearly at full strength, even though they're not on right positions, it, it did struggle. Dan, Dan, why on earth, after like, why was Goff in the game in the fourth quarter? If Jared Goff got hurt and our season on the line, honestly, I would have blasted Dan Campbell for being an absolute fool. He got pelted in that second half and it was just foolishness. But yeah, Lamar was perfect. Everything he touched, touched turds, turned to gold. He, he just the Midas touch, and yeah, yeah, nothing went right on the field. It was bad, lack of adjustments, but player calling was was bad. 
And yeah, the the thing that bothers me the most is it's it's not losing. I don't care about losing most of them. It's just the fact that they just looked so much better than us in every aspect. I did not expect to lose in that manner. I thought they'd be close like twenty seventeen. But no, like I say we were, they were levels above us all day. And that was the hardest thing to swallow in the end. And now I'm left feeling like I don't trust some of the position groups. And I almost feel like it's time to swing for a fence and make a trade, even if that is bad. If that's a bad, foolish idea, I don't know. But I'm kind of left feeling like that, whether that's not a reaction or not. But yeah, the next the next week is going to tell me a lot that I need to know. Next week, we, we, we can't just win. We've got to kick their ass. Or I, I have serious doubts about this team. So yeah, I yeah, I, I feel dejected. That that's the word. Ash, how are you feeling a, a day removed? Pretty much the same. Obviously, I want I was pretty much on a ledge coming into the half <laughs> yesterday. Like you really had to talk me down at points. I was I was in the doldrums. I was really in the doldrums of pain and misery. I feel a bit better about it now, but I agree. This, we, as I keep saying, I thought we cut these kind of games out of us. We really turned the call. I know last year we had games like this: the Dallas game, the uh, the Patriots game, the Miami game, where we just didn't turn up. But I thought after that, obviously we fired our Anthony Peasant, we had uh, Audrey Peasant, we had the bye. Thought we sorted these problems out, and okay, yeah, we had the Carolina game where we got a class, but that was just a physical came and we just got out muscled. This one, it seems like we were the team that's coming back from a trip to London, not the Ravens. The Ravens were only just getting off their jet lag because they stayed a couple of days to do some sightseeing. It looked like we were the ones that did a transatlantic flight and were dealing with sleep issues, not them. They came out from snap one and put their foot down. Us, it took us until like the two-minute drill at the end of the, of the first half to show any life on offense and the defense, partly because they were just out there so long because the offense couldn't string the first down together until then. Also just because of the soft zone play calling, we couldn't stop them. They were a thousand degree knife and we were some like saying to basics butter. They were just going for us any which way they wanted to. And it was just disappointing to see. Got showed some stuff in the third, obviously the second half particularly with Gibbs. Nice to see him finally shutting those draft nicks and the fancy people up. But again, yeah, garbage time. How much of it was just the Ravens just going to soft prevent, letting us take what we wanted because they know we couldn't score really. It took a really good play from us to even score against that. So yeah, next week against the Raiders, we need to come out and better what we did to the Bucks and that. We really need to put a foot down and show that was just a blip. We are way better than this. This is the who we are. Because if not, yeah, I won't be probably fully like, yeah, I'm completely out of it. But yeah, yeah, there's certain position groups that maybe I will be looking at like, okay, yeah, you weren't what we thought we are. The secondary, for example. I know there's been injuries there, but that was supposed to be the big position group turnaround in this offseason, bringing in Camp Sutton, bringing in Malia Mosey, bringing in TJ Gardner-Johnson, drafting Brian Branch and hasn't fully worked we're back to Jerry as much as I love Jerry and he wasn't there yesterday and if he was there maybe it would have been slightly different but we're back to the same old familiar characters 
Jerry Jacobs, Will Harris playing significant snaps for us and not performing where we need them to be for where we want to be going with this franchise. We don't want to be a kind of how the Minnesota Vikings were last uh, last year, winning the division and since it comes to the playoffs, bending over and letting the other team do their one, the one to us. I want to go to the playoffs and actually put up a performance and win a game. I just don't want to turn up into the dance and then bugger after five minutes after drinking a load of pop. I want to have a good few, few couple of dances in the postseason. I'll come on to my thoughts about exactly why all of this happened and maybe why it's not a reason for concern for me in particular. And just to talk about the next game, I'd love us to destroy the Raiders, and we should because the Bears did. Even with Garoppolo coming back, we should still really win that game hard. I will take a one-point win, a scrappy one-point win, because I just want us to be competitive. And, I, I mean, we have to win. But, like, if we win and we don't look terrible... I'm okay with that. At the end of the day, teams go through slumps and then have to pick it back up again. The thing is, it can't derail your season. And that means you've got to keep putting up wins. And that's the only thing that matters to me right now. If we can pick up head of steam and look really good during week 16 to 18, great. Because that's what we need to be thinking about right now is we're going to the postseason. We are. Like, no one in our division is worth writing home about. If any of them get above six wins, well done. You know, if we get another two wins, we might be making it. So let's start thinking about trying to play for week 19 because that's what's happening. So I'm I'm not concerned about a slump in week seven. It's a long way away. We've got three months or two and a half months until we play a game that we really, really care about, in my opinion. Anyway. I will take us through some of the snaps and then we'll talk about some of the game themes. We've already talked about a lot of them already. Give out some cigars. Are we going to give out any cigars? And and talk about the subpars in particular and then a brief discussion about Sunday's other games. So let's start off with the first two Baltimore touchdowns. Uh, so starting off with a big completion to Zay Flowers. Huge gap between the linebackers and the safeties and Flowers just found it. And Lamar... Just putting it on a dime all day, really. It was great to watch if for, for, from a neutral perspective. Uh, getting down to the red zone, fourth and one, and they decide to go for it. Despite the fact on fourth and inches in the red zone twice in London, they kicked the field goal, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, but they decided to go for it for us. And a massive hold on Isaiah Bugs allows Lamar to walk in for the touchdown, which was just the start of things to come. I mean, they destroyed us, but they did hold four days and it was so frustrating to watch from a refereeing perspective especially given the reputation of the referees being the most highly penalizing group in the league and it's like well we didn't see that maybe they heard all the criticism at them for of throwing too many flags i don't know but lamar walked in pat is good and that's seven to nothing next detroit first detroit series goff sacked by madrique through the middle on third and six which really set the tone i mean he barely the the route tree barely developed on that play before he was in his face. He actually fumbled on that play and still recovered it, fortunately, and then got into a bit of fisticuffs afterwards. We ended up punting away. And then on third down and six early on in the next drive for Baltimore, Lamarta uh, Rashad Bateman over the middle. Lions brought a man blitz, which was well picked up, and there was no one in the centre of the field as the Ravens wide receivers all won reps in man coverage on the back end. It was awful to watch that play. That's the one I was talking to you about earlier, Ash. Um, and then uh, the, the next set of three 
another great throw to Richard Bateman on second and 10 from midfield for 20 yards on third and three from the 13. Lamar danced for 9.8 seconds before finding Nelson Aguilar at the back of the end zone for the touchdown. He beat Branch by going stop-start twice in the end zone. And I mean, sometimes you just can't let your coverage guys have to defend that long. Nothing to do with Branch, really. That was 14 to nothing Baltimore after PAT. And guys, it's it's all going terribly, terribly wrong. But we go three and out twice and we're 14 to... Oh, three and out once, sorry. And we're 14 to nothing down straight away. And it felt like... Almost that we couldn't come back from this already, Ryan. It was game over. I put in the discard. I knew we'd lost at this point. Like I say, we, that was the most points we'd conceded in the first quarter all season. We'd given up, what, 10 points in the first quarter for the first amount of games, and then within like seven minutes we're 14-0 down. I knew it wasn't going to be our day. I had accepted it there and then. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, and I'm at the point now where Discord, Twitter's going wild, all this, hell and that. Like, I get it. We, we get held every single week. So at what point do we say to ourselves, one, sell it better because either we're not good at selling it or two, stop being grabbed or find a better way to disengage or to just live with it. It feels like it's an excuse now. Like I say, it's frustrating. Like I say, but we've got to find a way to overcome it and... Yes, there were some blade holes, but there were also some times where Aiden, guys like that, Romeo would get through and did grab fresh air because we're really bad at finishing. This D-line, for all the pressures it gets, can't finish its tee when it gets to the quarterback. It's crap. And it's it's not good enough. And yeah, Lamar, like the guy was doing a fucking Viennese waltz for 10 seconds. No one got in a passing lane. The defenders were running into each other because they were all like headless chickens trying to escape the hooping chooch and chicken run. Like they didn't know what to do. Like I said, it was just a scramble drill and no one got near him. And that was so frustrating. Like, did really you, did just... you plan saying chicken run and then scramble drill afterwards? Because if so, that is absolutely terrific work. I don't plan anything. I'm just a wordsmith. It just comes to me. <laughs> like, but I was about yeah. to say, you, you, you've been watching too much Strictly. You bring up the Viennese waltz. I did used to watch it a bit. And then on the other side of the ball, what a weird day from Jared Goff. It's like every single pass struggled. Nearly every ball was wobbly. It wasn't getting tipped. Nearly every ball was either too high, too low at the feet. Not even on target. All the throws were mainly crap. And that was just something you not see. We're used to seeing darts and Christmas. This was one of his worst days as a lion. I'm just, just, just to say, he just looked bad. I say he was getting pressured. Run game was absolutely non-existent, but we knew we were coming up against a ferocious front that was just, just running the ball. Drops, more and more drops. Amon Ra leads us in receiving on the day, but overall, I thought had a terrible day. I say he, he, he dropped some costly balls, especially in the first half, and yeah, drives just just stood. Uh, for coverage, I mean, like the middle of the field was open all day. Like it because like I said whether we're blitzing or we're not, he was just going over guys like Alex and Jack and Derek. Like they were just they were just out of position constantly. Kirby led the team in tackles, but 
he spent the whole day 14 yards from line of scrimmage way too deep. He was making tackles, but when your two safeties are making all those tackles, you know it's something's going wrong because they're coming down hard because they're giving too much big of a cushion. And they're just they're doing what Adam Thielen did when we did Carolina. Just go on a dig or go on a crossing route, turn around, say, I'm free. Like I say, just just put it in my belly and I'll just sit down and I'll take eleven yards. And that was just yeah, and that was rinse and repeat for a lot of the game. So I'd I'd accept him. I was waving the white flag at 14-0 down. I just thought, at least show some belly. Don't don't roll over and have your belly tickled. Ash. Yeah, I felt pretty much the exact same, didn't I? It was just frustrating. Just frustrating for the, the fact that, yeah, there's there's obviously some very big flaw that other teams are picking up in our defence, the fact that they're just able to run crosses in 10-yard uh, ins on our defence and, yeah, just find the holes and sit down in it. Because, as you say, Phelan did it. I swear Lockett did it to us in week two. He had quite a lot of those while DK was going down the sideline. This week's A Flowers, everyone did it. It's something that we really need to work on. It might just be that obviously our linebackers outside the probably uh, Anzalone just aren't good in coverage. I know Jack Campbell's got all the athleticism in the world to get there, but he just doesn't have the instincts yet. Barnes is great as a sort of like run fitting linebacker, but when it comes to coverage, he's got no clue. He'll probably, hopefully, he again has athleticism to maybe get there, but just doesn't have the instincts yet. AA has all the instincts in the world for it, but just doesn't have the athleticism. He's probably able to read it, but just, just like I, I like, he's still athletic, but when it comes to like covering Zay Flowers, who is a shifty little bugger, I would know. Oh, I've seen that guy, I've seen that guy play a certain, a certain team I support for two years before he came into the league. I know how dangerous he can be when balls are delivered to him. Didn't happen his last year in college, but when Phil uh, Philly Jerkovic was actually good for Boston College, they were a dynamic duo. When you when he gets the ball delivered to him in the right place on those crosses, especially on those crosses, he can burn you, and that's what happened to us here. And yeah, I was already bemoaning forty nil down. I was like, we were both saying we did the time of possession. It was something like eight minutes to them, thirty seconds for us. The defense was getting gassed by the end of the first quarter, and that's a Big ass problem. That's why I was constantly calling. Can the offense just get one first down? Just give the, even the coaches a chance to make some adjustments because the defense was coming in, watching Jack Ponce, uh, Jack Fox punt away. They literally have like one tip of Gatorade. It's like, okay, right, helmet back on. We've gone for it. Now it's time to go and play defense again. It was horrific to watch. Just horrific. Uh, moving on with the next stretch. Uh, Lamar throwing from his own end zone had pressure in his face from Tracy Walker, but just managed to get it away. And an incredible throw to OBJ under that much pressure, who ran a really great route. Uh, Lamar, then later on in the rep, naked bootleg to the right to Mark Andrews in the flat for an 11-yard touchdown. It's a play that the Lions have never been able to defend since I've been a fan. Just, I've never seen us being able to do that. So, frustrating. PAT is good, 21 nothing. Goff then sacked on a nickel blitz by Arthur Mollett, just completely unblocked, not seen by the O-line. Frustrating. Uh, Edwards then had a run off right tackle for 20 yards. Defensive line just melted away at this point. They're gassed as, as Ash already mentioned. Next play, Justice Hill, similar style of play, 27 yards. So two rushing plays for 47 yards. 
in total on that stretch. And then later on from the two yard line, flipped to Edwards with a blocker in front. And I mean, we've just not even tried at that point. Ravens had an overload on that side of guys. I don't know how we screwed up. They had an extra man. Easy touchdown. 28 nothing at that point. Lions then go for it just beyond midfield at fourth and eight. Uh, throw to Amon and Brown in double coverage off target on the near sideline. And it's like, what is happening? This just isn't us. Puts Baltimore in, in great position. They get near the end zone. But finally, some respite for the Lions as Lamar fumbles a handoff and it's recovered by Aiden Hutchinson. We then progress down the field on next possession. Nice throw to Reynolds for 22 yards, but Sewell gets two holding penalties, which killed the drive, including negating a big Amaral's and Brown conversion on fourth and 15 with 20 seconds left. And I mean, you can see at Amaral's face how pissed off he was that that couldn't stand. But, you know, Sewell didn't have a good day in that regard. That's the half at 28 to nothing. Lions showed a bit of life in those last two drives, but it's already too late. Yeah, I remember pointing out, especially on that fourth and fifteen, Amaral sees the flags there. He literally slams the ball onto the ground. He is fucking pissed because at that point he's already got the offense on his back, and yet they were still adding more weight on. Like we love Amaral to bits, but this perhaps showed that he that this is the reason why he's not seen up there with like Devonte Adams and that because sometimes they can really take games over Amaral. Can't just yet. He's very. He, he can play very well, but I, I, I just don't agree with that whatsoever. We've seen him take over games before. When everything else, when he's got all the stuff going around, this today, about we pointed out earlier, the guy had one of his worst games in a game a time when we really needed him to step up and give us some offense. The guy had one of his worst games in a, a recent memory. I can't remember but, uh, a worse game from him, and that's probably going back the past two years. Like, we really needed him today. And, okay, yeah, he got, like, the 4.15. We've gone there, but he just wasn't able to do it. He, some, he needed someone else to help him. It's not all on him. I'm not fully blaming him. He needs someone else to come and help him. He couldn't do it all himself. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying he's, he's still top 10 receiver for me, but he just needed someone else to help him. At that point, it wasn't. It wasn't until later. And, obviously, Gibbs was getting all the odds that he got easy for him. But right now, Reynolds had one good catch, which we pointed out for 20 yards, but the rest of it, it was all Amon Ra just converting. And he needed someone else to help him, and it wasn't happening. So the defense, we were just turning the uh, turnover on downs, turnover and downs. Baltimore going scoring, it was just racking up and the pressure's mounting on him on the offense. And look, luckily, it got to the half, and they were able to just have 15 minutes, just sit there, take a deep breath, work some things out, and then come back out the half and at least show something. Because at that point, obviously, I was really on the ledge was like this could be like I was saying it could have been the Denver Broncos versus Miami I was scared it was going to be like that and we were going to absolutely get shown up yeah it's like I, I tweeted I was like right if if we don't do anything out of the half the first round of the half like golf stays done I, I was thinking like it's going to be one of those days where you do not hang him out to dry even other guys, I was like, the Kawasee crowd there, those don't, like you say, you, the guys that are crucial, don't leave them there and risk it because we're at the point now where the game is gone. Like I said, we're not coming back and that's okay. I've accepted it. Like It was one of the worst halves of football for a long time, but it won't define us. And as you say, yeah, 
there was no help. Like I say, it was just Armon Ra littered with a little bit of Laporte in the first half. Jameson Williams barely tagged, barely even saw snaps in the first half. He was literally never on the field, it felt like. And he, he looked like he got a lot of work on the second half. But in the first half, I'm just thinking, like, where is he? And if he if he is on the field, what's he doing? What's he asking to do? What what are they asking him to do? Because he the presence was just not felt and it it was worrying. But the biggest thing is I've realized is that we are a shell of ourselves about David Montgomery. We we are thirty percent weaker as a whole without him. We don't win this game with him. We don't win this game with Jared Jacobs. The score is exactly the same. But it kind of shows that there are positions where we cannot afford to lose just one guy. Because, like I said, Will Harris, I was bigging him up all and I felt like a dickhead at half-time because I just feasted on him. Like I say, and for all his experience, and he is the actual guy for the job, yeah, they, they toyed with him. They made look foolish. And I'm thinking, like, oh, Christ, just, just throw Gilmore in, just throw Dorsey in. It can't get any worse at this point, can it? But they waited too late, way too late to do that. Might as well just give some some of the backups a go. And yeah, I thought I, I was worrying. I thought, yeah, I thought they're going to be chowing down on burgers. That they're getting fifty a day. I don't know what we're getting. I don't think we're getting anything. But I thought this is already at hand. All right, let's move it on to the second half. Uh, I'm going to go through this because there's not a lot that's happening actually in this half. Goff strip sacked by Oway, but he recovered it near midfield. Fourth and fourth completion to Amaras and Brown for 15 yards while Goff was backpedaling and under pressure. Maybe his one good throw of the day. Uh, a nice pass short to Gibbs for 21. Uh, nice play by Gibbs actually in particular. They then failed to score after a run and three straight passes from goal-to-go situations, which was disappointing. Lions brought a blitz on second and seven with the Ravens backed up after they took over on downs. Edwards, as the running back, chips and then releases, and he's behind the linebackers with no one else in sight, manages to go for 80 yards, finish off that drive with an Andrews catch at the back of the end zone versus Walker for an eight-yard touchdown, 35 to nothing. From then on, fourth and one at the Baltimore 36, and J-Mo runs, runs the wrong route. Goff just lobs it in the end zone to be picked off by Geno Stone. I mean, J-Mo, yeah, do the right thing. But also, Goff, what, what are you doing? Because, I mean, that's never getting caught. Even if he runs the right route, that's not getting caught. Uh, pitch to Gibbs then on our next uh, possession. He had a head of steam and burns everyone for 21 yards. To the end zone for his first NFL touchdown. We went for two. Didn't get it. So it's 35 to six. And then our onside kick is no good. They're in plus territory. Hit a field goal from 32 for 38 to six. And then the final two drives for the Lions. They've decided they've lost. They've still got all their starters in. They've decided they've lost. They're just going to run their normal offense to try and put points up. Unfortunately, four passes incomplete from the Baltimore 20 means we turn it over on downs. And then after a punt, we continue to play on offense. So it's like, okay, so you're, you're trying to rack up some stats, maybe score. But when we're getting towards the Baltimore red zone, we don't take any timeouts and the game just finishes. And it's like, if you were resigned to just finishing it there, why not just kneel it out? I, mean, I don't get the point. Like, wh- what are you doing? Uh, that's a baffling way to end the game for me. But anyway, any 
Any thoughts on those drives in the second half? Because the Lions did show significantly more on offense against a defense which basically just said, I don't care what you do anymore. But the Gibbs touchdown legitimately was quite good. Like it was a nice play design. And Gibbs, with a head of seam, looks genuinely impressive. But I think it's the first time we've seen him do that from the running back position this season. So, yeah. Any thoughts, Ryan? I mean... Yeah, if I'm handing out one golden star on the day, it's to me Gibbs. Everyone else can go stand in the corner with their heads on timeout. Every single other person in the organisation, like I say, apart from Jameer Gibbs, that's the only thing I got from this game was at least he kept running hard because sure as hell did they make it hard for him because, like I say, Sewell, the offensive line, more penalties. Like I say, it felt like it was really struggling. Like I say, it was just such hard work. It was just sledding. It was like he was pulling and people were trying to pull about the other way. And yeah, in the end, the Baltimore defense said, the game's won. We don't really give a shit. They put in some like, backups and they just said, Joe, we'll let you have some yards. If you get a score, you get a score. Fine, you run out the clock. And at that point, I'm like, well, I don't really care. I'd have done the same thing. Like you say, the starters were in in way too long and we didn't get anything to show for it like you leave them all in there and apart from like one score you nothing happens like what was the point like Teddy Bridgewater like he could at least just give him some reps or something like you say uh, I know he's been he's had an injury like I said I know he was on the report this week but he was fine but yeah like uh and Antoine Green those kind of guys should have got a bit of a look in bit Green of divine league bro Green did get a little bit of a look. He got 33 reps, which was the same as Jameson Williams, in fact. Yeah, and then... Yeah, and then the, the Jameson Williams, like you say, it was well, like I say, he had two opportunities, like I say, two big plays, like I say. The throws, were they perfect? No. Was the route he run perfect? No. Could he have caught them both? I'd say yes. Now, I'm not going to get on his case because he didn't catch either of them. Because at least he was in the right place. But... He's got to catch them in future. He he's on a short leash. Like I say, it feels like with some of like I said, the fans, like I say, media, like the, the pile on is gonna happen. And I'm not gonna be part of it, I'm not gonna start it, but it people are losing patience because like I say, it's not it's not his first rodeo, technically speaking. And yeah, would they have just made the score a bit more flattery? Yeah, they would. But for his confidence, they'd have been huge. If your hole's in the touchdown where I'm pretty sure he looks the wrong way inside, it's yeah. a corner out, isn't it? He's being led outside. And when he looks inside, he's never able to adjust properly. So that was a walk-in touchdown. That one he knows and he was frustrated. Right? That would have been nice to see him get just for a bit of momentum. But yeah, the, the second half was a damp squib, but Gibbs got some good workload. We saw him get a lot of touches. He had his best day as a lion. And it, no one could take that away from him. Like, the performance doesn't take any sheen off of him. Yeah, coaching, decision-making, like you say, clock management, all very suspect at times, especially in the second half. But we came up against, in my, my opinion, the best team we've played this season, like I say, because we caught the Chiefs cold. They, we were both cold. It was the first game of the season. Ravens are 
a damn good. I said Lamar Jackson. He absolutely crucified us. And the, I can't really follow him for that because we didn't do anything to stop him. He did not interrupt his game any way possible. And ultimately, it's just one that the moment the clock hit double zero, double zero, I just forgot it. I went men in black and I erased it from my memory. And But we need a reaction. That's it. I, I'm pretty sure when they watch that back this week, the coaches are going to have some things to say, probably sing some shout. Some guys are probably going to get yelled at. Some guys are going to be like, I fucked up. They're going to look away. They're probably going to cringe a little bit like, that was not our best lot of tape. And if we learn from it, and if we go out and put a good performance next week, then all will be forgotten. And all I have to say is, thank you, Denver Broncos, because they did us a big fucking favour. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go on to if Denver Green. Everyone loses. The status quo is as was. No harm done. And I will just look back at this like a distant memory. Ash, thoughts on that second half? At least we showed some life. We ground ourselves some shed of respectability. I lo- as you saw, I love that Gibbs touchdown. Not only just because... I have him in fantasy and I really needed him to get the points. But because he has been dogged on, not by by a small part of our fan base, but mostly by people who sit there in their basements and look at some tape and just attach themselves to their draft takes and that's that's all they can see. I'm not naming names. We... Probably we all probably know some of the people I'm thinking of because I've shared their takes too many times to count. But I'm glad he can finally have that sort of game where he can just sort of stick one up to them. He can do what um that one of those college players at the weekend against Oklahoma, the yoke against Oklahoma as his racing passes wave to the bench. He did that to all those people that were saying stuff about him. I was so glad to see it. I agree, he was one of the few bright sparks in this in this game. I know, obviously, looking at PFF, other players graded better than him, like Decker. Me and uh, Matt discussed this before we started the show. Don't really see how that is. When we finally get the game in 40 and the coaches film on Game Pass because of the stupid Sky Blackout, we still don't have it. Oh, yeah, this that's what off. it is, of course. Yeah, yeah, Sky Blackout. We can't get We won't get it. We can't even look back and see why... All these players, but yeah, it's just some decisions. Like I met, like I'm, I'm gonna hold my hands up when I first saw Malcolm Rodriguez taking some snaps at linebacker, uh, fullback. I was like, you know what? I respect it. Not really getting the snaps on defense, but they still respect him. They want to get him snaps. See how it does it because obviously, obviously, again, I'm being kind to it. So in FSU, does we have our full linebacker play fullback for us, and it works. The guy scored touchdowns, and that's very good. Didn't really work. Took two snaps. K blocks reasonably well, but he was. Bank average. Daryl Daniels, I'm so sorry you got cut, mate, because you're actually good at this role. You were playing that role pretty damn well, and you unfortunately had to lose your place because Josh Pascal's come back. And to sort of bring it back to the inactives, because we didn't discuss it, Maybe I don't want to say it completely changed the game, but imagine if we had Charles Harris there, that veteran leadership sort of turn around and say, what the fuck is going on? What are we doing, guys? I think yes. the coaching staff, because they said about it in the post game, they did it because Pascal's coming back and they need to make a decision who we're going to sit out of Harris, Romeo, and Julian. We're like, oh, we want to give Julian the reps so he can earn it. 
and we want Romeo because he's converted inside. So we'll sit Harris, but we'll come back. They better fucking play him next week because this shows he might not have been doing so well in terms of on-field play, sort of getting the praise. What was I heard? High pressure getter before this week. Doing that wasn't really converting, but that's why you have him there because he's able to bookend Aiden. And at least then you've got two veteran guys who know how to contain, how to push rush, and it makes things easier for everyone else. Because yeah, we were getting the pass, we were getting we were getting pressures. We got 17, I think, by PFF, which is decent. But every we did not convert them. Lamar was just able to step up in the pocket and escape or find enough time to throw to find a receiver. We just weren't. We're obviously going to get onto it in a bit when we do the in a few minutes when we do the macro takes and look at the themes of the game. But geez, it's just it was too little, too late. And as we say, we need a reaction next week. Even if it is, we just need to look competent. We need to look well. I say competent. We need to show that we are like a tier three, four team in the NFC, uh, AF, uh, the NFL. Where okay, yeah, we might not be a. 49ers or Kansas City or Philadelphia, but we are there with like the Dallas Cowboys, the Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, where we can get results when we need to. Yeah, we might lay a few stinkers, but we can still get the results because that's what we want to be at least. Coming on to the game themes, Ash, you've just touched on one of them, which is personnel choices. You just mentioned Charles Harris and Malcolm Rodriguez at fullback. Ryan, there was also the move of Graham Glasgow into left guard and Halapulavati Vitae into right guard. And for want of a better way of saying it, it didn't fucking work. No, it didn't. And uh, that's why before the game, like I said, me and Ash talking, I was like, do we stick with our seeker? Or like you say, now Salvatore's brought back in. And I thought, I don't know. I, I don't, it was just... It's one of those things like I get, I understand having your five best people available on the line, but I don't know. Like, looking back now in hindsight, would they have just put the tyre right and tried Graham at left? Or is that, I don't know. I don't think, no, actually, no, it wouldn't have gone any better, I don't think. And this, like I say, what do we do next week? Because I'm going to put gas, John, it won't be good to go again. I'm going to just guess. Like do do we do we stick with it again? Do we make it work? Do we revert back? I, I don't know. I feel like right now we don't know what our best guard combination is. I don't think it's it's that apparent. I think that's difficult. And it's good to have options, but sometimes it's also better to not have options and you just know. So yeah. And no, it didn't help. Like I said, the 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 all line in general. They all, they, all, they all had a bad day. I can't point the finger at anyone. So there's some penalties, but as, as a blocking unit, they were all naff. It, it was, it was, they were useless. Jared had a bad day, but also he had absolutely no time to work whatsoever. So, yeah. My, I think, could sum it up in one sense, like, what disappointed me most is the Ravens didn't do anything fancy, did they? They didn't actually do anything adventurous, they didn't do anything that catches out. It was all pretty straightforward, kind of mundane stuff. It was way better than you. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're literally just going to run our own scheme, but run it better and you can defend it. And you've got to respect it, but also it's like we didn't see anything that we didn't know we were going to see. And that that's the frustrating thing. We knew what they were going to give us, and they gave us it all. And 
they 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 punched it, they fisted it down our throats. So I mean, so this is exactly what I wanted to come on to. So I'm just going to do it now, which is being out coached. But not just being out coached in some sort of way that you normally see, which is ah, well, you know, they they change things up a little bit, and you know, we weren't expecting it. As Ryan rightly points out, nothing we saw was unexpected. And on offense, with Ben Johnson going out three uh, three and outs in a row to start the game is not acceptable. Putting ourselves in third medium. You, you can't afford to do that against this team. You need to be a bit more productive on first and second down. And we should have seen that coming. And we should have been more aggressive in those first few plays, in those first few drives. So, you know, Ben kind of opened it out after that. But the game script was wrong initially on offense. But that happens. The defense was the one for me that was the biggest problem. And I said it in the preview show. And I've said it to Ash before we start recording, and I'm going to say it again. Lamar Jackson is passing the ball better than anyone at the moment in the NFL. He is having an MVP caliber season, and up until this game, basically his receivers were letting him down. But he was playing fantastically from the pocket. We heard it from our Ravens guy who came on and said, Lamar Jackson is to be a really good pocket pass course back this season. I saw that. He saw that. The scouting report should have said, actually, you know what? He can do it with his legs, but he's doing it with his arm. And we played heavy zone coverage, trying to stop him running the ball as a rushing quarterback. And he just picked us apart. This ain't hard. Go heavy, man. Try and screw him up a little bit. Don't throw too many five, six man blitzes that aren't getting there. Play some coverage. As opposed to just doing what you did, which was just allowing him to slice and dice. The game plan on both sides of the ball was wrong and it got away from us very, very quickly. The thing that the Lions coaches have managed to hang their hat on through the first six weeks is that we outcoached every other coach we came across apart from against Seattle. Even then, that was... We were only deficient on one side of the ball. We were still really good on offense. So this is the only game so far this season where we've been outcoached on both sides of the ball. But as Ryan said, both sides of the ball should have seen what was coming. So it's egregiously bad that it went this way. And that's why I look at the players and I go, you know what? I'm not worried about this team. Because fixing the coaches getting something wrong is really quite easy. And I do not want them to be shouting at any players when they're getting in there. Because you know what? The coaches set up the players to fail. Ain't the players' fault. The coaches should be going in there and fucking apologising for what they did. Because it was so bad. And I'm angry about it, but it's so easily fixed. Do your scouting report properly. Coach your guys to win the fucking game. As opposed to just saying, we're going to run our scheme. That's what we do. If we're going to put our best on your worst, that takes account of what their worst is and what our best is, but also what they're going to do. Like, come on, guys. It's not that hard. But it's easily fixed. And we've been good this season in this sort of thing. And the players can execute. And so when I hear, oh, you know, Will Harris didn't have a good game and we're chucking him out of there. Okay, yeah, fine. He wasn't having a good day anyway. But like schematically, it wasn't set up for him to win. Cam Sutton, he was asked actually to play a little bit of man coverage when he's his own guy. And that didn't work for him, which was unfortunate. But he's on hiding to nothing against the guys that he just doesn't match up well against. Jerry Jacobs going out doesn't help. But we put players in bad positions. 
It's no wonder why we lost. Sorry for the little rant, but like it, it's just so glaringly obvious to me why we lost this game. And I don't think it's on the players. And JMO just sucks, but I'm writing it off. I just don't care anymore. So anyway, does anyone want to pick it back up for me? Because I don't even know where to go from here. So I'm going to go back a bit to say about the thing to Ox. I didn't get to speak on the offensive line. I can see why we've held, we held Vitae out and we're playing Glasgow at right guard and then keeping Jonah and then obviously Jonah at left. Because I don't know what like what he's done to his rehab, but it seems he has no lateral ability whatsoever. He just could not get side to side. He could go, he could go back and forth. He's like a train on a, a train, like a train track. He could go backwards and forwards, but he can't go side to side. That's how they were beating him. That's how Madubuka was just getting past him. He was just lining up over him and then just swimming inside. Just swimming inside every single rep. And Vaisa could do nothing to stop it. And because Frank's obviously focusing on Michael Pierce as he should be, because Michael Pierce is an absolute beast, Madubuke was just able to have his way with him. Travis Jones, who obviously absolutely loved coming out of UConn, very good game in a rotational role as well. Vitae, like Vitae, whatever they've done for his rehab, they need to get him his lateral ability back. Because that's one of his best pits, was the fact that he could pull in conjunction with Saul and then there's a elite run blocking uh, right-hand side of the line. It just wasn't there this week. Well, if, when, if Jonah's back for next Monday, it's back to him and Glasgow. Like, I'm... Don't say I'm fully sold on Vite now just being a backup until he, until he can get that back. But Vite is a backup until he can get back to, to speed because Glasgow right now has been the better player, which is kind of scary. So on a, on a scale of one to ten, how warm or how how warm is Aaron Glenn's chair? Not after today, but as the whole time, like if you had to put a figure on it, like how how much leeway does he get? Can he, how many more like how many more of those can we? Which way does the scale go? Ten's really hot and one is cold. Oh, ten is like shoot him out of a cannon. Zero <laughs> is he's in the ring of honor. Um, I'll go four. I mean, the thing yeah. is, like, the last two seasons, he hadn't really shown anything apart from a little bit of promise. He stacked five out of the last six games before this one, showing that he'd actually turned the corner a little bit, and he just got the game plan horrifically wrong yesterday. So, so like seven to like a four in like last probably six games. Is that fair? I think so. I mean, the thing is, you took a, a bottom of the league defense to being ranked top five in in a season. Like that happens because of schematics, and then sometimes you get it wrong. If he stacks more days like this, you go from a four to an eight pretty quick because the track record is not great. But I think he's bought himself a little bit of goodwill for this season. I mean, this can still be a really successful season on both sides of the ball. Just got to sort it out. Yeah, he's not exactly Alex Grinch levels just yet. Not there just yet, but he's he's I'm again I'm bringing in. He's had them fuller levels where he can game plan, but sometimes he just gets it completely wrong and he earns himself some fire. I think four is at that sort of level where if it goes badly for the rest of the year, you're getting fired. But if yeah. you have a really good season, you might be in conjunction for like coordinator of the year. I still think that if he goes through the rest of the season, it looks great. He'll be in the running for coordinator of the year. So because one the Seahawks game was meh. This was horrific. But, you know, if you have a 14 or 15 game stretch of being good in a season, you're going to look pretty good. So, yeah. what about you, Ryan? Um, I'm I'm firmly at a five. 
I'd say I'm right on the. I've said I've seen the best. And I've seen the worst. Now I want some consistency. I say, and I look at the quarterbacks we have to face in the coming weeks, and yeah, if he gets it right, a head coach job is probably his if he wants it. The only person that stands between him and a head coach vacancy is himself. Like I say, good plans, making adjustments, and yeah, he's still got plenty of years. Like I say, he wants to be a head coach. So yeah, I'd say four point five to five. Like I say, everyone yesterday was like, "Fuck it, fire him." On Twitter, like at halftime, like just get rid of him. Like it's just like like Aaron Glenn's grown trees. Like there ain't even anyone right now that I trust to replace him. Especially not in the bloody building. Like what Kelvin Shepard could be the future guy, but well, he ain't gonna want it mid season, is he? John Fox season. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I know, that's the only, him, that's the only candidate. That's the yeah. only candidate. And it's Oh, that's the you know, agreed. Like, okay, yeah, he might not be a Bill Belichick, Lou Arrigo level uh, defensive coordinator where he can just absolutely scheme stuff up. But at the same time, you look around the league with all these Fangio schemes, which is like sort of the it was the thing in vogue, if you remember, the past couple of seasons, the cover three high shells that's falling apart. There's a load of those guys around though, and him bringing that defense in. You can see it in Green Bay, in Minnesota, to an extent. In Chicago, uh, Chicago kind of getting that way. They play a bit of it with the influences. We're set up if we we're set up to beat those kind of defenses. It's it's not good. You need. I mean, that's the thing. I can't think of anyone from college, like outside ranks either, like college, who could come in. Like it's, it might just be a case of. I hate saying it because I have, but I don't hate saying it, but I have rode Aaron Glenn in the past with some stuff. But it might be a case of the better the devil you know than the devil you don't, where, okay, yeah, he might put up a couple of games this season like this, where he just absent, has an absolute stink and the defence just does not look right. But yeah, those other 14, 15 games this season where he game plans really well and then plays well in the conjunction offence, he might just have to pop with that where it happens. It is hope that it's not like today, uh, yesterday, where the combination of the one offensive bad game that we have a year also is one of the few games we have a really bad defense as well, and it just all falls apart. Right, time of the show where we hand out cigars and the subpars. Something tells me one's going to be a little bit lopsided this week, and it's not the one we've been used to so far this season. Does anyone have any cigars they want to hand out? Gibson Fox. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yep. All I can really think of. So, the subpars, who has singled themselves out for... I, I with Notwithstanding my comment about the fact that they've been set up to fail, who had an especially poor day? Romeo Quara. Useless. Didn't didn't even see him. I'd think it's Charles Howard had was a ten snaps. <laughs> yeah. If he got four snaps on defense, who's someone who's actually played well? It's really if, weird. Like historic like the last few games. Anyway. Yeah. It's well obviously we know he came in because unfortunately Kirby got absolutely 
rocked. Why? Why that wasn't called as helmet to helmet on the offense? I have absolutely no idea. That was a horrific. Actually, I'll give. I'll give. I'll give a cigarello to Tracy Walker. Yeah, I actually, he had a good game. Say, and it was a difficult game, but he got pressure, made some good tackles. Like I say he, he did his bit. Kirby Joseph, to be honest, led the team tackles, but I thought he really struggled. He was yeah. making the tackles from all the wrong positions. I say a lot of those, a lot of catches in front of him where, yeah, he, he was a bit deep, but yeah. There's, there's not many to hand out. Just to pause. We've already, well, we're not mentioning the obvious guy who's obviously going to get all the detractors, the speedy guy. I'm going to go back to Vitae. Like, for someone who we thought coming into the, um, we, the past couple of years, we thought of as a high level right guard. And I know he's come back off injury, but he just laid a stinker. Like, Absolute stinker. No, as I said, no lateral agility. Mandabuka had his way with him. Not much going in the run game. So for me, he's like my subpar for today. Well, yesterday. I'm going to say it in Hutchinson. At the end of the day, last week, I wrote off a, a poor performance in a good victory because we didn't need him. It was absolutely fine. But he's stacked bad days in a row now. He didn't get any pressure whatsoever. I don't know whether he did get any pressures, but he got six. He got six pressures, but nothing meaningful in the game. Uh, he got he got the fumble recovery. That was a gift. That don't big, count. Big whoop. Yeah. Um. He just didn't look great, and he's been so good for so long in a shirt already. A year and a half. He's been our best player in that stretch. So it feels harsh, but. We're relying on you to do the business. We want you to be a one-man wrecking crew so that everyone accounts for you and everyone else can have some joy. But the last two weeks, they haven't had to worry about him because he just hasn't had the sort of pressure we've been used to. Ryan's already mentioned Jack Campbell. It was a rough outing for him. It just didn't work. Cam Sutton's first really bad game. That was disappointing. Um, But like I say, I don't know how harsh I can be on these guys because the scheme was wrong. So what does it all mean? I, I find it hard to actually find out from these guys who actually play badly because this says Derek Barnes had one of the worst games of his career. And the problem was in the linebacker room because it was the gaps between the linebackers and the safeties that they were picking off all the time down the middle of the field. But I don't remember Barnes having an egregiously bad day compared to anyone else. He just Everyone had a bad day. They all deserve to kind of be in the... Yeah, I don't know. I've I've said enough. I think on this. If so, one last thing on the line. So, for me personally, I don't think Hutch will ever be the one man wrecking crew. So, all of us, one hypothetical trade the Lions make. You can't give away next year's first because I don't think that's realistic. No. But who who would you like to see? What would be the price that you'd be willing to pay? If you're not willing to. Pitch the entire horse to. I'll start. I will send Julian Aquara and their second round 2024 round pick to Washington for whether they'll give me Chase Young or Montez Sweat. I think Sweat will probably cost a first, but I think I might get Chase Young for that. I don't think they pay him. I'll give them a player that has got the, the athletic traits to potentially fill in. And I'll give him a second rounder, which I think is a, fair, a modest return. 
for someone that has barely seen the field. I think we need help on the line. I love Brian Burns, but when you know the trade they turned down, someone's going to get fleeced for him. I don't want to go more than a day two pick 2024. I'd be willing to go for a one in 25 if the right player comes along, but I'm not ready to give up my 2024 one. Um, someone's put in the chat, Danielle Hunter. I think that's a really interesting call because... We do like I, working with Quasi, don't we? That was my other one. I think you can get him for like a third rounder. Uh, he's aging. Yeah. Yeah, him or, or Chase Young. I mean, someone in the chat as well has said, you know, he takes plays off. I don't necessarily buy that. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know him well enough, but I haven't seen that personally. Ash, anyone that's on your mind? I would send... Will Harris and Julian, along with a third and a fifth, to the Titans for Harold Landry. And is he still is he active? No, he's not. Damn it! I was going to um, and then one of their Christian Fulton, one of their corners. We've seen as the breaking news, as you saw my face go about twenty minutes ago, that the Titans have been selling Bode because they've just sent. Kevin Bayard to the Eagles. Have they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a Howard fifth, Landry, fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and uh, not, not Howard Edmonds. Landry, not a Howard Landry. It was yeah, Terrell uh, Edmonds Bond. and a fifth and a sixth for Kevin for Bayard. Bayard. So I'd get which I think is an overpay. I don't. Bayard's the wrong side of thirty. He's a safety. He's had two, well, one and a half now down years by his standards. I know he was an all-pro last year, but he wasn't good. Hmm? I'd have have gone with a sixth and Terrell Edmonds. I think that'd have been fair. I wouldn't have said the fifth as well. It's a lot of picks to give up. And especially Terrell Edmonds hasn't had the best career so far, but he's 26. Like you're giving up four years of someone's career of control because you want to win right now. And I don't think it's too much. But anyway. I don't. I I I really like that move for the Philly. They needed a free safety and Bayard. Okay, it's it's got his two point five million dollars this season cap it, and then they can cut him next year and get rid of that for the other fourteen million. Like for what they want to do, because I think again they're going all in on this, but not all in on this year. But they think they can contend this year. They're fixing. I think that's hilarious. Personally, I think the Eagles thinking that they're going to go over the top with this move. They're just lying to themselves. They're not the team they were last year. Not yet, anyway. Exactly, not yet. They're building to. They're trying to build to be that. But Hurts needs to play a lot better for that. And he had a good step towards it yesterday. But exactly. Talking but... of yesterday, by the way, should we talk about more fun matters? Unless Ryan, you wanted to come in on something just at the end there. No. No. No, I'd, I'd, have just, I'd have gone for Justin Simmons instead of Kevin Bayard. But a bit more expensive, but yeah. Mm. Uh, so, should we talk about Green Bay, Denver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ash, 1917 for Denver. Russell Wilson with one of his more efficient performances of the season, 20-29, 194 and a touchdown. Jordan Love, 
21 of 31 for 182 touchdowns and an interception. The interception was legitimately awful. But, I mean, Green Bay go 137 on the ground, which is really good for them. But they just look shit. Yeah. You know it's bad when enough uh, Sean Payton, who doesn't even like sushi, goes and gets sushi because he knows that's the kind of meal you eat after that win. Like, they... It was the battle of shite teams, and somehow Green Bay still came out looking like the worst. And we talk about a Broncos team for the past year and a half, ever since they've traded for Russ and brought in Hackett as a head coach. They've been in the doldrums, and yet Green Bay absolutely cracked the bed. It's hilarious. Do you know who was the leading receiver for Green Bay? Have you looked? If you haven't, don't. Who's the leading <sighs> receiver for Green Bay? AJ Dillon. Congratulations, you are the winner. Fucking AJ Dillon. He's been awful. He had 34 yards. I honestly mean, I, I, I I, I didn't even look. That's just that's just proof of it. When your power back, who, as you say, has been getting like two yards a carry, is your leading receiver, says everything. It, Ryan, this is one of the worst defences we've ever seen, notwithstanding the 2022 Lions through the first seven games of last year. Denver was 70 hung on them this season, and Green Bay managed 17. I watched the entire game. like It was it was brutal. Like, say, they lost, uh, not to mention as well, like, say, that they lost uh, Josh Myers, they lost Devon Hill-Wyatt, they lost Watson for half the game. Like I said they lost Darnell Savage. They didn't. Most of these guys did not return. Like I say they were battered and blooded. And Denver, like Denver, did this like with Jaleel McLaughlin as their nearly every down back, the tiny UDFA that chewed them to bits. Because Javante Williams was good, but there were some splash players from the UDFA running backs done really well. Greg Dolchich is hurt. Jerry Judy is well. He's not exactly sending out the SOS to come and get me because he was very average. Colin Sutton was good. And I like Colin Sutton. But mm-hmm. need a beer. That Denver D for me is just really, really good. And it, it continues to cover itself in glory. Major- I know they can see this seven now. But if you if you take that aside, they keep him in most games, most weeks. You I did take, pick uh, us to lose to Denver later on in the season in preseason yeah, they, off the back of that defense. Like I said, they have got some absolute maulers. Like Alex Singleton had a massive game. He looks really good. Josie Jewell, I, I really do like their linebacking pair. Patrick Satan, like I say, everyone's enamored with him, but Lions fans, it's not happening. He's, he, he's the only thing they've got to hold on to right now that is worth mega bucks. But yeah, Russell Wilson, he didn't suck. And that, to him, is an improvement. It's a compliment. It is a compliment. But yeah, this was two bad teams putting on a bad, I might say, controversial as well, like say, the the doubt touchdown that could have been an exception. Yeah. It's a one player came down with two. I hate the simultaneous possession rule. Whether it was or it wasn't, I hate that rule. It should literally be the last guy to rip out the person's hand on the floor. Like it, it, it's got to be fair, and it's it, it's not fair. But yeah, the Packers, I thought they were going to win. Like I say, when they came and they rallied back late, and then but yeah, Denver marched the field goal. Then yeah, John Love did a John Love. He did not look off the safety. He didn't even try to look off the safety, and he just 
just picked up. And it was never getting there either. The corner was literally all over the receiver. It was yeah. never. It was it's all over the receiver to the point where I really feared a flag was coming in because it felt like Green Bay were going to go and do it at the end. I mean, they only needed... Yeah, the thing, they went for it all, but they only needed a field goal. Like, just go yeah. down the field a bit more. It was an awful play call. He had crosses. He had shallow routes. It was third down. Like you say, it wasn't a play. He didn't have to go for Hill Mary. Like you said, the mechanics not fine, but John Love is the decision making. It's and not there, and I don't know if it ever will be. Can I present the darkest timeline? I know that they've had the buy, and other people haven't. But this is now an entire division of second place teams with two wins. Who's the worst team in the division at the other three? Because I'm pretty Green sure Bay. it's Green Bay. Green Bay. Green yeah, Bay is yeah. worse than the Bears the right Bears now. Are, the Bears are miles ahead of Green Bay. They look legit. Bajan is better than Love so I, far I, this season. Yeah, I completely back that. A guy who was playing like, <laughs> what was it? I can't remember, but the Montana D2. School of Mines. The Montana School of Mines was getting picked off twice. And he's coming in and making Justin Fields and Jordan Love these first round picks look like. You did look like the UDFAs. Like I know we, I know Reese wasn't so high in draft process when our scouts watching him at Sher Shepherd, but Jesus Christ! If that's think, if he's making yeah. him look bad, to Jesus. Feel- he was their fourth running back. He was behind Travis Homer, Khalil Herbert, and I'm also a good stable. Tom Johnson, and like I say, he's playing like Emmett Smith, like. If those guys were healthy, I'd trade for him. If the other yeah. three were coming back, I'd bring him in. But yeah, like yeah, the the, the Vikings are bizarre. They've got the talent. I question the coaching. Like I said, the Bears have got nothing right. Everybody hates LeFleur. The fans want him out. Douglas Sides a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, Barry. He's one of the most hated people in the league, like I said. Everyone hates Barry. And then yeah, the Bears. I think they're good. I think so, they're going to come second. I think the Bears are going to come. They're going to run her up in this division. My my preseason prediction was Lions, Bears, Vikings, Packers. And I truly believe that is the order right now of how good they are. I think the Bears are better than the Vikings. Right in, now, terms yeah. of, in terms of coaching, in terms of ways to win, Cousins needs to put it on his back, but his wide receiver one is... Um, injured. Well, Jordan Addison. Yeah, uh, Jordan Addison. KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne. TJ Hawkinson. They're all reasonable options, but they're not a team. They don't look like they're playing as a team. Bears look like they're playing for each other. Like it's it's a shit off. But there's two years ago Lions where they're going to pick up some wins through sheer effort. Yeah, first and third overall picks next year. The Bears couldn't turn this round so quickly. But they're not going to because that win puts them at two wins, and they've gone up to what? Are they still first? Are they still third? Are they first and third now? Uh, they'll pick up another couple of wins. See, the darkest timeline for me is I'm worrying quite how bad this Packers team can be. Quite how bad they are because if they want to be that bad, they're not far away. I mean, they could pick up one of these quarterbacks. Drake May. Drake May at the Packers would be fucking kill me. horrible. Kill me. Yeah, I kill me. But I think they're close. Have... I think they're really close. I will look. I know. I know. 
I should have it put marks at this point. The amount of times I've I, I don't even well. mean the order now. I just I mean, are the Packers going to win five games this year? I don't think oh, so. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. Uh, they have got Vikings, Rams, Steelers, Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. So let me top up what the wins they're going to have. Versus Vikings is a loss. Versus Rams is a loss. At Steelers is a loss. Versus Chargers is a loss. At Lions is a loss. Versus Chiefs is a loss. At Giants, I think they can win. Versus Bucks, probably a loss. At Panthers could be a win. At Vikings is a loss. Versus Bears is a loss. I have a four wins. And that could be good for one, or could be good for two overall. Yeah. I hate That's that. scary. Vikings are much better, but I think they're going to sweep the Packers. So, trying to make it even more of a dark timeline for you. Go on then. With that performance, the Packers sack Matt Lafleur, and a certain offensive coordinator in the NFC North is tempted by the fact he gets to mold this the actual QB one of this class. Oh, I couldn't go from liking someone more to hating someone more more quickly than when Lee Johnson sacked off Yeovil for Bristol City, along with his dad. Dream scenario, Caleb Lee Johnson. Riley. They go to Green Bay and they dismantle them. Oh, okay. So from the inside. <laughs> yeah. Uh we have one more we have one more suggestion of a player to trade for, by the way. Damien Smith said the Saints need cap relief. Marshawn Lattimore question mark. Never luck. Put, I saw that. I was thinking of pulling up his contract. Never liked him as a person, but I think he fits the mould of what we want. Experience, true outside cornerback. You get the good, you get the bad. But yeah, he's he's at that window now where like he won't be expensive. What is he thirty? Twenty-seven. Yeah, not even thirty. It feels like he's been around forever. Oh, yeah, he, he would. I think he'd walk in and be a cornerback two straight away. There's no debate oh, about cool. it. He'd be cornerback one. He, better than Sutton, for me. I mean, he's he, it's it's uh, boom or bust with Lattimore. But, I mean, the, the reason why it the feels... Of New Orleans as well. It won't be hard to pull off. The reason it feels like it's been there forever is because he got drafted in 2017, 11th overall. Like, it wasn't that long ago. Just, what it just feels so think, good. I, I think you're going for a fifth-round pick. Oh, really? No, surely not. How is he owed any money? He is currently on um his yearly cash. It's big. It's big. So right now this year it's like eighteen. Yeah, roughly eight, seventeen and a half, eighteen million. Yikes. Yeah, wow. so, this, so next year, base salary fifteen million with a signing uh, one point five mil signing bonus. Then with a nine million restructure hit, yeah, it makes it twenty five point six cap mil cap hit next year. But there's a potential out there. But yeah, after that, it's twenty eight point six mil cap hit, twenty five point eight cap hit, and then there's two point four void. So yeah, he's got big cap hits in the next couple of years. No, that's not me right off as well. They're paying the cap number for him. In the next four years, so in the next three years, including a void year, is $75 million. In three years. What? No. You've got to cut him. 
they've got to cut him. You can't pay him 26 million to be around. Yikes. Anyway, right. Um, we are going to be talking about the Raiders on Saturday as our preview show. But, fellas, it's a little while until then. You've called for a big victory. Specifically, what do you want to see? Because the Raiders have blown a lot of hot and cold. They've won some games you wouldn't think they'd win. And then they laid goose egg to the Bears yesterday. I've no fear in the Raiders. I've more fear in us not rising to the occasion. Jimmy G coming back to me, absolutely that delights me. The most overrated players in football. Yeah. I don't like the person. I don't like the player. And he's very fragile. I want to see our pass rush go out there, prove a point, not to get pressure, on sacks. I want to break him. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> we do that. I love that. Josh Jacobs is a shell of himself. Like I said, he don't worry me. Hunter Enfro might even be gone. And Devon Adams, yeah, played well yesterday, but only because he wants to prove a point. You don't want to be there. He didn't do that for the fans or the team. He did that for his own self-inflated, bloated ego. Like I say, because he doesn't want to be there. And, you know, like I say, he will probably play really well because when is he not gone out and played really well against us? But, yeah, the rest of them, nah, he can't carry them to victory against us. And I'd consider yesterday before the game, we were healthy-ish, kind of. We can only get better and more healthy. I think we'll be in a really good position. So, yeah, I, I, we should be minus maybe... Monty or Jonah, foolish strength. So, yeah, there's no reason why we can't go out there and win by 15, 20 points. I'll take a one-point victory, but I don't want one. I'd say because it won't, it won't get rid of the static. I'd say it won't get rid of the background noise with a one-point victory. Everyone will, but the players, and the, the players don't care about that. But I'd like to just go out there and handle business. But, yeah, if we're six and two heading into the bye... Honestly, I'm absolutely delighted. I actually don't really care how we get it. I don't care if it's good, it's bad, it's ugly, it's perfect. I, I, it don't matter. Like I say, all that matters is, like I say, getting into that bye six and two and coming out of the bye ready to go against one of the biggest choke holders in football, fully fit. That that That's the dream scenario. And yeah, they, they, they stand between us and that. And well, they won't be standing much longer between us for it, like I said, because we're going to we're going to run through them. Ash, what do you want to see next week? Pretty much with right. I just want to run them over. What what happened to us in that first half? Something like that, where okay, yeah, they might get a couple of first downs because Adams makes a nice catch on like a third and four or something. But I just want to just outgain them on the ground, impose our will, and then yeah, when it comes to third and fourth quarter, then you can start putting Craig in or Divine Zig, but just start grinding out the clock, make the make the pressure bounce on them because it'll force them into mistakes. Jimmy G might be a pretty face, but the football he plays most of the time isn't pretty. Like this guy got carried by New England and in a 49ers system that's elite. He ain't that. He ain't that at all. There's a reason why 
the Raiders are probably already looking, are moving on from McDaniels and looking in the QB sweepstakes again next year. It's can't afford to move on from McDaniels, unfortunately. They can't, they don't have the cash to pay him. It's a really sad state of affairs. It really is. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. You're right. So I, I'll expand on this more on Saturday, but I have some trepidation in, in this game. And I, I was saying it to Ash before we started. The Raiders are not a good team, but if there's any quarterbacks over the last three years that we've really struggled against, it's somewhat mobile, quite accurate, short to medium range passes. And that is Jimmy G. He can't throw the ball deep. But he's always normally around 70% completion rate. And he's normally pretty efficient. Every now and again, a ball gets away from him. You know, the 30% is not good in the 70% completion rate. But he can pick apart as surgically just march a Raider team down the field, I feel. And, you know, they've got the rushing king from last year in Josh Jacobs. They've got a legit wide receiver one in Devontae Adams. And they've got the Lions fans' number one trade target at edge in Max Crosby. So they're not a good team, but they've got significantly good pieces or they've got pieces that I think play well against what we do in in JG. So I'm cautious about this game. This is why I want to take, I'll take any win because I fear that if we have a bad day, this team could beat us. Whereas I almost didn't feel that against some of the teams we faced so far this year. I thought even in a bad game, we've got a really good chance against some of the teams we face. Whereas the Raiders, I just don't feel like that, even at home. So we'll see. Anyway, expand on that more on Saturday. Anything else you guys want to cover before we sign off? Thank God Kirby's past concussion protocol. Fortunate, because it was a really bad hit. Uh, Campbell says, because uh, he's at podium now, that's why we got it out. Campbell says, Mo Ibrahim has surgery last night to pop his dislocated hip back into place. He's walking around, but it'll be a while before he plays football again. Season's done, but he'll be back next year. Maybe. Yeah, I see another. That's, that's, not, that's it's not a bad outcome. That's not the best great. possible news, not, really. Not yeah, pretty much, yeah. All right. Boys, if that's it, I'm going to sign off here. As I say, preview show on Saturday for the Raiders. Live reactions on Monday. I think Ash might join me for a little bit, but it might be me down the stretch late Monday night going on till 4.30 in the morning. Uh, Review show will be on the Tuesday. College Football Podcast is coming up later on this week with Ryan and Ant, and it's going to be a doozy with lots of good stuff to talk about. Otherwise... You can follow us on our socials on Royal Alliance UK on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Ash, I've uploaded the thing now. I'll let you have the link Perfect. in a minute. And the group for Worldwide fans is Detroit Lions Fans UK One Pride Worldwide. You can see lots of nice photos from some of those group members who were at the game yesterday, those poor, poor suckers. Uh, website is at rotouk.com where you can find all of our articles and you can subscribe and rate us five stars on your podcast provider, which really, really, really helps us out and puts us in front of a lot more people. So thank you in advance for anything that you guys do in relation to that. And my thanks to Ash and Ryan for this group therapy session. And thank you to all of you in the live chat or if you're listening on the audio pod. This is a great community of people that we have built who are not overreacting like some people on Twitter. So if you want to come and have a nice chat with us, you know where to come. It's going to be a long week until we get the next dub, but for now, let's go Lions One Pride. One Pride.